unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Our reading today or the burden that I carry this evening comes from Romans, the ninth chapter. And um, this sermon that I'm going to preach today touches the core of the Christian identity. The core of the Christian identity. It is something your spirit should hear more often. Not once, not twice. It is something, even in its simplicity, your spirit should hear more and more times. Because it has the potential of guaranteeing not only a successful life on the earth, but living a supernatural life on the earth. Christianity is beyond success. It is supernatural. Somebody shout hallelujah. And I begin by expressing a sort of heaviness that Paul had for his brethren. And I say that deliberate because it's the burden that I carry. All of us with this understanding eventually carry for those who have not understood such a pertinent truth. And he says in verses 1, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not my conscience also bearing witness with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. And these are his pangs. He says, for I could wish that myself were cast from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites. Why? To them pertains the adoption. They were known as God's people. The glory. God mantled them with such a distinctive glory as the Israelites. And the covenants. And the giving of the law. Or in some versions of the Bible, Revelation. And the service of God. And the promises. Whose are the fathers? And of whom as concerning the flesh, Christ came. Who is overall, God bless forevermore. He said, many things qualify the Jews above anybody on the face of the earth. Why? They were the adopted ones, beloved of God. To them was the glory. To them was the covenants. To them was revelation. The worship was revealed to them. The spirit of worship was revealed to them. The promises were given to them. To say nothing of being the rest that produced the Messiah, the Christ, who is God over everything. But his pain is this, that they're alienated from the life 
of God. They are separated from the realities of the kingdom. They are separated from the commonwealth as is given to us in the New Testament. I don't know whether it is me, but I have looked at certain people who I carry a heaviness for, an overwhelming pain and pity for, because of how much God has given them, how much is available for them, and how much advantage they had ahead of many, but they were still disconnected from the life of God. I feel so much pity, heaviness, and pain for those men who wake up every morning and go on the mission road to go and reach out to the lost, but they carry no revelation of the gospel. For those men and women of God who committed their lives to serve him early and have served him, they've given, they've yielded, they've fasted, they've prayed, albeit they are indifferent to the revelation of the truth. So they labor with so much. They strain with so much. They sacrifice with so much. They allude to a sort of righteousness, a sort of vindication of spirit, even though it is not vindication of the spirit, but because of where they are, you know, and some have even received a sort of comfort to stay where they are because unfortunately the ministry that they receive from those who are ordained to minister is not what they ought to receive because as much as these men are ordained, many of them carry no understanding. The zeal is available, but it's without knowledge like Paul says. And so you look at this person is faithful in the things of God you say but why isn't this sister's life changing with everything they have done in the kingdom you look at this brother and you feel so sorry for him you say but this guy is a good man in and out is a good man but some things are not changing in his life you see somebody struggle with you know the things Christ died for. See, but this person shouldn't die like this. It shouldn't end like this. And that heaviness grips your soul. I've seen people who entered the gospel. And some of them walked out because it never gave them answers, so to speak. And not because the answers were not available. But what was given them, what was revealed to them was not the truth. And some, even when the truth was most glaring before their eyes, were not able to see it because of the blindness of the heart. And so they live very, very devastated lives, very conflicted lives, very disgruntled and disadvantaged lives. And then they become bitter with everyone and everything. They wake up bitter and they go to bed bitter because things are not working. And the devil father deceives them into envy and jealousy for those unto whom it's working. And then you find themselves also fighting those who are progressing as though trying to turn their weapon against God. Why is that one 
progressing and I'm not progressing. I pray better than they do. I fast more than they do. I give better than they do. Why am I feeling like I'm isolated? Why do I feel rejected? And yes, I have heard and I've related with people who say I feel rejected by people. But it's even a worse thing when a man feels like they are rejected by God. Because I've seen it. And perhaps I'm talking to somebody who's listening right now saying, Apostle, talk. Speak to me. And you'd almost think, as verse 6 says, because of the kind of life they live, you almost think the word of God is of none effect. You almost think the word of God does not work. In the message version, it says, you almost think that the word of God on their lives has malfunctioned in some other way. Haven't you met people who say, ah, I don't believe in this thing, it doesn't work. I don't believe in healing, it doesn't work. I don't believe in these things you call deliverance, it doesn't work. Do you know how many times I went for deliverance? They laid hands on me, nothing happened. Do you know how many times I went for prayers, deliverance prayers, night prayers, day prayers, lunch hours, evening hours, recover all, don't recover it, kill it, don't kill it. The end is now, the uh, death must die. Like you went to every conference. And then you never saw that change. I say, ah, this thing is not working. Somebody sits alone and said, but does this thing really work? They ask themselves, is salvation really true? Do people really get healed? You've been in meetings where the lame are walking, eh? and then you see somebody type on the screen, but are those things true? <laughs> A lame person is walking before them. You've seen it, haven't you? You've read it sometimes where, you know, uh, God is healing somebody. You've been in meetings where, you know, people are crippled, are walking the deaf, dumb, are hearing and speaking. And then somebody types, but are these things for real? You see? And it's okay if an unbeliever is asking that. But I've seen that some believers as well ask themselves that question because the word is not working in their lives. They read everything. They've been in service. They come to Fanero, they scream. They say, oh, Jesus, this is my message. This is the one. This one. Then you study them for a few weeks, a few days, one year, two years. The word is of none effect. And Paul tells you, this issue is old. It's not new. The message version says the problem goes way back from the outset. And this was it. I will read from, uh, I think, the KJV. And this was it. For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Wow. They are not all Israel, which are of Israel. This is the problem. They are not all Israel, which are of Israel. And I'll continue to explain why. He says in verse 7, Neither, because they are the seed of Abraham, are they all children. But he says, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. God told Abraham, I will call your seed in Isaac. And I'm going to explain that for some of you to understand that. If you read from the message version, he says, um, it wasn't Abraham's sperm that gave identity here, but God's promise. Remember how it was put? Your family will be defined by Isaac. Even though God had a relationship 
with Abraham. He said, it's through Isaac that I will call your seed. I'm building a pattern that you're going to see through Isaac. And the Bible says, in verses 8, that is, KJV, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise, underline, not the children of promises or a promise, but the promise, and we're going to come to that, accounted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. And verses 10 says, and not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purposes of God according to the election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Let me explain it. He's saying, when you look at God's way of doing things, you have two kinds of people. You have people who claim a right on everything in life and everything that touches godliness by reason of their blood lineage. You have those kinds of people who feel or think that being related by some sort of blood in the world of fallen men sort of qualifies them for certain things and truthfully for some it could bring a few advantages in life but because it is a realm of fallen men there are things that they can never see, touch, test, experience because the fallen world is limited you still have people who are born again believers in Jesus Christ but they still expect to get some sort of advantage in the world because of some blood relations and that's okay if you have not yet understood God but that's so indifferent if you understand what God has given you by Christ somebody shout hallelujah now he tells us here he gives us an example he tells Abraham I will call your seed not through you but through Isaac. He says, by Isaac or in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And the father goes to explain what he means by that. He's saying, the way Isaac came, he came, one, through impossible circumstances. There was a barren woman who had gone past childbirth. And when she had gone past childbirth, she had given up on having children. God appears to her and her husband and gives them a promise. And he said, Sarah, by next year, at this time, shall have a son. That was the reason why a 90-year-old woman gave birth. God appeared to her in the deadness of her womb. In old age, when she was past childbearing age, then he told her that you are going to have a son. That was a promise. Isaac came through a promise. But I don't also want you to forget through the impossible, most impossible circumstances. 
In other words, by how we understand the human anatomy, the science of reproduction, there was no way a woman that age would have a child. And God is saying to Abraham, do you see this pattern? Do you see this order? Yes. He says, in that kind of order, all your seed shall come. It shall come from the least expected, least predictable. But yet, through the power of the word of promise, shall they be begotten. Anything that will look like you, anything that will inherit what I've placed with you or upon you, Abraham, through covenant, it shall come through a promise. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he further extends this and he says, you might not understand it as I explained it uh, when I did it through Isaac, but look at Isaac's seed. Because after Isaac, I again appeared to a woman called Rebecca, and I promised her and I gave priority over genetics. And I spoke to her and I said that the younger one shall be greater than the older one. It was in my perfect will and purpose to switch two children's order in function against what you expect in the usual pattern of men that usually... The first one is always above all. And in fact, in Deuteronomy, the Bible says that the firstborn receives a double blessing. Isn't it? But he says, in this instant, he said, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. And therein, I said, before these guys had done any good or evil, that the election by which I have chosen them might stand not of works, but according to me, God, which calls. Who is following me? I'm getting somewhere. So like it happened with Isaac, I chose him in a time where it was not possible for Sarah to have a child and I simply promised her. He came through a promise. So it is with his generation that I chose a younger one to be above the older one through a promise. And that boy gained a place, a positioning, a rank when he had not done any good thing neither any bad thing, such that my calling and election will stand not in what a man does or will do, but in me, God, who chooses to raise who I will raise, call who I will call, appoint who I will appoint, establish who I will establish, who has understood what I'm trying to tell you here. So this identity is not defined by genetics. It's by divine choice and plan. Somebody shout hallelujah. Who is following what I'm saying? Now, this is important for you to understand this. Why is it important? Because it helps you understand your identity. Who are you? Who are you? When you look at the experience of the Christian salvation journey, you have something called born again. Are you following what I'm saying? Like we had something called Isaac begotten by Sarah past childbearing age by a promise as we have something in the pattern of the way or the order by which God ordained Jacob above Esau in spite of the fact that Esau came first this had to begin with some sort of birth and when John is defining your birth he's saying I'm not talking about those who were born by flesh 
or blood, nor the will of men, but he's talking about them which were born by the Spirit. They were born of God. That seed, he says, is incorruptible. Understand me. So when you say, I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, everything that pertains to the destiny of your life and its order has changed from any other man on the earth who has not entered this covenant. Hmm. Why? Because you carry the promise. Now you, the Bible says, become a seed or the seed of the promise. You are the seed of the promise. In Galatians, if I will help some of you, 4.27, it says, For it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry thou that travelest not, for the desolate has many more children than she which has an husband. For we, verses 28, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of the promise. He has not used the word a promise. He has not used the word promise. But he says children of the promise. What is the promise? What is the promise? We have seen that with Isaac's time, the promise was at the appointed time, Sarah shall have a child. That was the promise. And he says, anything that comes out of you that should build a pattern of faith and relate with you as a patriarch, as its own seed, not seeds as of many, of blood, but as of seed as one, which is a distinction of faith. It shall be called the way I have called Isaac, through the promise. We have seen by Jacob and Isaac, the promise was simple. The older shall serve the younger. So, with you, what is the promise that begets you? What is the promise by which you were born? You say you're born again. What is the promise by which you are born again? Luke chapter 24 verses 49. The Bible says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, and behold, listen, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So Jesus is about to go to heaven. And when he's about to go to heaven, he says, I'm going to send the promise. Because it's by it that you can be born again. It's the thing that begets you in this new life. He says, now, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So the disciples stay in Jerusalem after the ascension of Jesus Christ and they are baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Praise the Lord Jesus. So, what was the promise? The new birth. The promise of the new birth was the person of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 5. If you read the Amplified Version, he says, Now he who has fashioned us, listen, preparing and making us fit for this very thing is God, who has also given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of the fulfillment of his word. Have you understood that? 
Have you understood that? Now let me start to preach. If God could come to a man and women which are not having children, right? And then he says, at this appointed time, you shall have a son. He didn't add anything. But the fact that he promised a son, something came upon that young boy simply because he was promised to a couple. As it pertains to the covenants, God started to build covenants around the posterity of Israel based on a simple promise he made to a couple about one fellow who was going to come. When you read the scriptures, you see the anointing that was functioning on the life of Isaac. This was a man who would walk on a well that had dried and he would dig it up. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. This was a patriarch. By, the Bible tells us the glory on Isaac. This is scripture. The glory on Isaac was way greater than the glory of Abraham in function. Not rank, function. Let's get it right. A student is not greater than their teacher, okay? Likewise, the glory on Jacob, the Bible says, was greater than the glory of Isaac and Abraham. Why? Because the principle is simple. It's from one level of glory to the next level of glory. You are a greater version of your parents. If you're not... then there's a problem. You should be at least. How many of you agree? You see? But listen, usually, for a fact, generally speaking, every child is usually a greater version of their parents. A taller version of their parents. Usually, not always, but usually. Isn't it? Some of you, you look at your fathers, you're taller than them. Isn't it? Many of you, by the way. Help me. You see? So you're an improved version. Some of you went to school more than your parents. If you didn't, question mark. But it's how God has designed life to be. The glory of the latter church shall be greater than the glory of the former. Every day that happens on the earth, there's a greater glory on that day than any day before. Those are just laws God has designed in the universe. As of whether you are attuned to them and you have the results or consequences of them, is one thing, but those laws continue to work. Every parent is working for a greater child than a greater version of themselves, isn't it? Every parent, every well-meaning or serious parent, if they are okay, okay? <laughs> if they are okay, they try so much to make sure that you are a greater version than they are. That's why they took you to school and some of them didn't have an education. That's why they gave you the best. Some of you have been more advantaged than the lives your parents live. They could have left you to live the very lives they lived but in most cases, what we go through, we don't want our children to go through. When you hear the stories of our parents who used to walk 50 kilometers to school, you remember when they're lecturing you? You know, when you've messed up, they lecture you. We walked 40 kilometers and then, you know, we ate one meal, you know. But then you're not eating that one meal and they could make you walk those kilometers, but they cannot or will not because they want a better version of themselves. They want to see and say, if I didn't walk for 50 kilometers and I could get into a car and went to school and redeem time, what version would I look like? So you are or should be a better version of your parents. You should be. This is not, you know, motivational speech. No. These are laws that govern life. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
So even Jacob testifies of a greater glory than his father Isaac. And Isaac testifies of a greater glory than his father who? Abraham. But there was something I was trying to bring here. If God just tells a barren woman, by next year, you shall have a child. And that's enough to define such a distinctive destiny on a patriarch simply because God promised. Or if God can visit a woman when she's pregnant and he says, through you are going to come two nations, but the older shall serve the younger. And that was enough to beget the patriarch of the 12 tribes of Israel simply because he made a promise to a woman that the older one shall serve the younger. Who is following? How much more how much more you whom God has given the person of the Holy Spirit. You didn't get it. Let me help you understand it. If I promise you fish and I fulfill my promise by giving you fish, then you eat and you're full and you say, oh, thank you for fulfilling the promise when you said you were going to give me fish. The next day you're going to look for another man to give you fish. Are you following? But if I got you and I bought you, you know, some fishing equipment or perhaps a boat and a net and whatever you will need to fish and I took you at the lake and I taught you not only how to fish but to catch the biggest fish you could ever catch not only have I taught you but I've empowered you by giving you a boat by giving you a net or whatever else you know equipment you will need I'm not a fisherman those fishermen know what I'm talking about and I've given you all the necessary equipment that you need to fish right you whom I've empowered with the equipment to fish Versus the man whom I've given fish. Which one of you is more advantaged? Huh? You're coming where I'm going. I'm saying he simply told a woman that you're going to have a child. And I'll call all your seed Abraham through this child called Isaac. And it was enough to define a destiny. Because he promised. That was the end of it. Isaac would not sleep hungry. Because there was a promise on his life. Isaac could not be rejected by NFC. Because there was a promise on his life. Jacob could not be rejected by the earth. Because there was a promise on his life. When he went digging the field. Whenever he says let me dig this field. There was something that man told him saying he is a child of the promise. He's digging but he is a child of the promise. Are you following what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? He goes to school, but he goes to school as somebody with a promise on his life. Are you following what I'm saying? He sits in class, but as someone with a promise on his life. Now, when the Bible says, let me help you here. In Hebrews 11 verses 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, when God told him, get me your son, your only son, the Bible says, 
He offered up Isaac, and he that received the premises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac thy seed shall be called. Verses 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence he also received him in a figure. He's saying, the reason as to why when God asked for Isaac, Abraham did not hesitate is because he knew that this boy was a seed of the promise. This one, if he dies, God will raise him up. If Abraham had such confidence on his spirit, that if Isaac dies, you will raise him up simply because you're the one who told my wife that at this appointed time you shall have a child. That means this particular seed, Abraham, even if it is slain, he still trusts that God can put it together because seeds don't end that way. Are you following what I'm saying? So when you read the Bible when it says that you are born of an incorruptible seed, a seed that cannot perish, a seed that cannot die, a seed that cannot be destroyed, it means God has a certain idea when he looks at you or defines you as a seed of the promise. Let's go back to Isaac and Jacob. These men wrote history because words were said upon them. How much more you who beyond words were said, the word was sent. And not only was the word sent in the flesh and it dwelt among men and they behold his only glory as the only true son of God, full of grace and truth. That very word said that it is a good thing that I go because God is going to send the promise. On Isaac, it was a promise. On you, it is the promise. On Jacob, it was a promise. On you, it was the promise. How much more you if a man by a simple promise can dig a well and he brings water even if it's dry by a simple promise by a promise god just promised upon his life and it's enough for him to dig a well and the well knows that the one digging me is different the one digging me is different he was promised he's a promise on a man's life and the well opens because God spoke to his mother about him. Only because God spoke to his mother about him. And God says, this is the pattern by which I beget you. I begot you by a promise. But the difference between you and those fellows was, they did not have the Holy Spirit in them. Yet they were functional. Are you hearing me? They were not speaking in tongues like you. Yet they were functional. They were not beholding the mysteries of Christ like you do. Yet they were functional. Yet they carried power and influence. They subdued kingdoms and conquered empires. They were not poor men. They were strong. They were mighty. They are patriarchs. All of us carry our lineage, posterity, destiny, definition and identity through them. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. That he is God. If Jacob can beget 12 children and they become the 12 tribes of Israel... Based on simply a promise God spoke over his mother's womb. You should be better than that. I said you should be better than that. I said you should be better than that. I said you should be better than that. So allow me to talk about this promise. We call the person of the Holy Spirit. Because today I've seen, unfortunately, even in some, you know, the newer versions of Christianity, especially the most developed parts of the world, Neo-Pentecostal has taken over. They don't even talk about him anymore. Some preachers can't stand in front of the congregation and say, 
that you can be filled or baptized by the person of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. They can't talk about what he can do. They're not bold enough to say that he can heal you. He's out of the picture. Praise the Lord Jesus. But also, it is because they're coming from a world where the Holy Spirit has not been truly or fully been understood or revealed by them that preach or teach about him. Why? Because, you know, today, if you want to know uh, who speaks in tongues, see, you just need to hear somebody say, whether those tongues are true or not, that's a person speaking in tongues. But here's the problem, that they speak with so much tongues, but they have no function. They speak with so much tongues, but they don't have power. They pray overnights, lunch hours, first for 20 days, 100 days, you know, two years. You know, somebody's consecrating their dry fasting, you know, mixed dry and drinking fasting, you know, fish fasting, chicken fasting. Uh, what else? Vegetable fasting. Some of you fast. It's my Esther fasting, Daniel fasting, Ezekiel fasting. You know, your pastor's fasting, your prophet's fasting, you know, every fasting you know. But you don't understand what you were given or who you were given. Listen, this person dwelling in the inside of us is the one with whom the world was framed. When God said, let there be. And to imagine that when God said, let there be by the word, this person went and started designing as the creative person of whatever the God had spoke. And to even imagine that he dwells in the inside of you. And the Bible says that the election of God might stand. Not according to what you did. Do you know, some of you, you don't even understand what it would feel like to be born in the days of Malachi. Imagine you were born in the days of Malachi. Because in his day, you could only have Malachi. That was it. No more. In Isaiah's day, you could only have Isaiah. That's it. One for every generation. In Elijah's day, Elisha has to wait for Elijah to go. There was no two guys carrying the same mantles. No two kings in Israel at the same time. Are you following what I'm saying? And those guys still lived and had children you know, and built houses, you know, and made life as well. There is a reason why God looked at you and said, no. You belong the other side. <laughs> you belong in the robot. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. You could have been born in the days of Ezekiel. And perhaps your house was next to the valley of dry bones. You could have been born in the days of David. Maybe your house was just next to Jesse's house, but in the corner where your mother would be selling greens. But thank God that you were born after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Some of you don't know what a privilege we have. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know what it means for God to promise the best, best
best, best dispensations of life I've ever seen. For God to promise the best breed the world will ever see. And then he looks at you and he says, no, you belong to that world. I need to wait to be born. Come on, somebody. Emmanuel, wait. I want you in the time where Jesus is dead and raised from the dead. I want you in the time where I will send that person of the Holy Spirit as the promise that I promised you. I want you to feel it. I want you to feel what it's like for God to dwell in a man. Oh! I see Isaiah in heaven looking at us saying, these guys, eh? And then he turns his eye to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is like, there they are. And you're begging. You're believing God for a job. You're believing God for education. You're believing God for healing. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? The Bible says, greater is he which is in you than he which is in the world because you are a child of the promise. You are a seed of the promise. That is how cancer should see you. Cancer will roam in the world but when it comes on you it should know that this is a child of the promise. Oh, 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 oh. If Abraham could not die an early death, if Isaac could not die an early death, if Jacob could not die an early death, let me decree upon your life that you're not going to die before your time. I don't care what is in your blood. I don't care whether you're sickle cell, uh, uh, normal cell, uh, you know, X cell, Y cell, Z cell, or whatever cell you are. Let me decree upon your life that the one inside you will not fail. If Abraham would trust God, listen, I said it. If Abraham would trust God that because this one was promised, I can cut him. He'll bring him back. Because God didn't kill promises. <gasps> what makes you think that you can sit in a car and it buries you? Put your hand on your head and say, I cannot die. Of an untimely death. Because I'm a child. Of the promise. I'm talking about a generation. That is going to enter a country. And the country will say. The seed of the promise is here. I'm talking about people. Who are going to enter supermarkets. And the whole supermarket will say. The seed of the promise is here. I'm talking about women. Who are going to enter marriage. And the people will say. The seed of the promise is getting married. Come on somebody. I don't care whether your tubes are not working. I don't care whether they said you carry a fibroid. You are a seed. If by that seed, that promise, if by that promise, if by that promise, a barren womb had. Oh, no, 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 it was told, Sarah. But because this is a promise, it had to come. It had to come out. This is the power of possible. It came to a barren woman. And it told us, seeing all barren woman, 
You sing why? Because there is a promise that has been said on your life. It doesn't matter how dead your womb is. Now I'm talking to you who carry the Holy Spirit. I don't care whether the doctor said you have a stage four, stage seven or twenty, whether they exist. I don't care. They said that sickness in you cannot be healed. I will challenge you. Men with lesser promises made it. How much more you the possessor of the Holy Spirit? That is why when you walk, walk like you know who you are. Stop walking like a... No. Walk like you know who you are. Pray like you know who you are. Fast like you know who you are. Speak like you know who you are. Dream like you know who you are. Invent and innovate. Adopt and evolve like you know who you are. The treasure is in earthen vessels. That the excellence of power might be of God. You're going to walk towards doors. Listen. I wish I could say that they would open. And you'll walk through. Because you're born of the spirit. And the wind bloweth where it listeth. The liberties of God on your life cannot be defined by your economy. They cannot be defined by your education status. They can't be defined by your color. They can't be defined by your age. Some of you are going to do things. Let me prophesy. <laughs> that even if certain people came back in life a thousand times, they will not do what you're going to do in one lifetime. Say so they are talking about me. Because you're the seed of the promise. Nothing you touch should die. I said again, nothing your hands touch should die. Because you're a seed, the seed of the promise. You're the child that God distinctly, deliberately designed to carry, to harness. The person of the Holy Spirit is inside you. When you sleep, he's inside you. When you wake up, he's inside you. When you eat, he's inside you. How can you tell me they can kill you with poison? No! No! I said no. Recently, I was talking to a believer, and the believer told me something that broke my heart. He said, I don't know, Apostle, but nothing is working in my life. You know that heaviness Paul carried for the Jews? I carried for this believer. How can they not work? But I'm trying and nothing is happening. How can it not? It's not working simply because you don't know who you are. Let me say this. Charles, the king of England, has sons. Right? One is Harry. The other one is William. When William was born, his father never sat down to have a conversation with him about what to do when he finds himself in the place of poverty. Do you think Charles has ever had that kind of conversation with William? No, but for you, many of you here, your parents did. Do you think Charles ever told William, one day you will make wealth and you'll be a very rich man? Do you think that he ever had that kind of conversation with his boys? Because they were born 
rich in affluence and power. Do you understand what I'm saying? That day I was uh, reading about the daughter of William. I think she's one of the richest monarchs. How old is she? So you follow the stories. But if a man can be guaranteed that much because they were born by some sperm, <laughs> who has understood what I just said they were born by some gene they simply just had to be Charles's kids that's all they didn't have to do anything they just had to be born in Buckingham Palace that's all they needed to be and William was never raised with a consciousness of luck he was never raised with a consciousness of struggle and strife. He was never raised with that consciousness. They can have a few problems. Oh, like my friend died. What? You know, my bike fell. You know, I don't know why my jet is not starting. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? But you are born of God. And the seed that abides in you is the seed of the creator of heaven and earth. And you're sitting in your room asking yourself, Father, where will I find school fees? <laughs> I'm trying to help a man's consciousness here. Because the problem is not your financial challenges. The problem is you have not yet switched on. Take that consciousness out of your head. Never think poor again. Otherwise, money will be your God. You're going to worship mammon like it's some special thing. You understand? It's going to be something you worship and you die for. Because it's the one scarce thing since you are born. Especially for those of you who are in third world countries. My folk in the first world might not understand. Do you understand what I'm saying? The gospel is not here to make you rich. The gospel is here to help you understand that you were begotten into wealth. It's here to tell you you are rich. That's how you begin your journey of salvation. The gospel is not here to tell you you will be healed. The gospel is here to tell you by his stripes ye were healed. First Peter 2 24. The gospel is not here to tell you you will make it someday. The gospel is here to tell you you have made it. You have come unto Zion. The city of the living God. To the company of innumerable angels. To the spirits of just men made perfect. To Jesus the mediator of the new covenant. Whose blood speaketh better things than the blood of the gospel is not here to tell you what you're going to become the gospel is here to tell you who you are that's how God has designed why? because as you read the word the Bible tells you the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of the fulfillment <laughs> Woo! did you get it? oh they said I have a swelling in my body the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of the fulfillment that you can't carry that swelling. Oh, they say that you're diabetic. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of the fulfillment. 
that none among you shall be sick. You just check yourself and say, but is he in here? You know, I might be talking to people who don't even have the person of the Holy Spirit. But if you know that he is inside you, you're going to stop losing peace and sleep. You're going to go to your bed and the Bible says, and your sleep shall be sweet. I don't care what is on your account. I don't care what is happening in your family and marriage right now. It could be crumbling, breaking, frustrating, disasperating. I don't care what they said about... You see, there's a lady. She came with a young child. Young boy. The doctors told her, your son is autistic. You'll never talk, you'll never watch. You'll never, you'll never, you'll never, 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 never. Say, but apostle, but I believe. Do you know people who there's something about a believing mother? I always tell people there's something about a believing mother. Never underestimate it. And I told her, we are going to relate with this boy, speak to him, do everything with him as if he's normal. We talk to him like a normal child, we pray with him like a and you boy ignores, he fights, he does his own things, we ignore them. Yeah, aponia, 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 aponia. Then he started speaking. Then he started responding to instructions. Then he started, you know, the mother got him from special school and took him in the normal way. And he's performing. Day by day, we see this person become a human being. Even the doctors don't believe what has happened with the woman's boy. Why? Because she has the guarantee of the fulfillment. If God says you will leave, you have the guarantee inside you. You have the guarantee inside you. If God says you won't fail, you have the guarantee. You just need to rattle body gajo and then you feel him moving inside you. <laughs> telling you everything is okay, brother. Praise the Lord. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I remember during COVID, one of our own called me. <laughs> and they were not breathing. And you know what? On phone, they were like, Apostle Grace, I can't die, right? I can't die, right? And I said, yes, you can't. I can't die, right? Yes, you can. Of course, I can't die, right? I said, aha. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they lived. Because they have the guarantee. He's not far. He's not watching you from afar. He's inside there, brother. Do you understand? I cannot fail. How can you tell me they bewitched me? With the guarantee of the promise that no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Let them send whatever they are sending. It can only pass like that and you'll see it fly away. Why? Because when it reaches you, it should know. You know, many years ago, I started to define, and this is going to be crazy, but I want you to take it because I have the witnesses here. Years ago, I started to define our seed, our kind. Eh? When the Bible says, your people shall be willing in, the day, in your day of power. See, when you become a man of God, there are certain people God will give you. They are yours for responsibility. 
not yours as possession. Eh? They're not like you possess a hanky. No, but as, you know, co-workers to fulfill the divine plan. And I started to pray over, you know, especially from the time I just, uh, uh, the earlier years of ministry before Fanero began. I had a small little group of people, 20, 50, 30 kids, 40, who used to move with us everywhere. And I started speaking words over them. As the ministry continued growing, I started to speak words over them. Now, this happened twice. I saw a situation that happened twice. Twice. Similar. Somebody used to come to Fanero or was coming to Fanero, still does come to Fanero. But one day, they went to a witch doctor. You know how some people are. They're in and out. Okay? They went to a witch doctor. But they did not know that this person was a witch doctor because the witch doctor was dressed in the face of some religious prophetic person. You understand? But they were doing everything which doctors do. It was like um, Apollos, divination. So this person goes in to this individual and they come for help to sort something for them. And this individual diviner sees them from afar and asks them, do you pray at Apostle Grace's church? They are asking. A diviner is asking someone. The person said yes. He says, go back to him. I don't have your answers. <laughs> Go back to him. I don't have your heart, your answers. Because we have even blinded the diviners you will go to. A diviner should not see your life. A true prophet can, but no diviner can see in my realm. It's not possible. Why? Because my realm is the realm of light. The true light. Some of you, you're even afraid of Folk who can't even raise dodos. They can't raise cockroaches. I say, oh my God, that's a witch doctor. And then you run away. No, let them come. Let them come. Let them come. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why in my earlier years, these days I hardly meet them, but in my earlier years, man, we just used to go in a village to meet them and say, uh-huh, prove your God, I prove mine. Hey, you pray after you pray, allow me also to pray. You'll see. Do you understand? There's a difference. There should be a difference between light and darkness. How can you be there and you're afraid? You're afraid that they put witchcraft in your house. Let them put. They can put a whole lorry. You will sleep in peace. Because greater is he which is in you than he which is in the world. Greater. Even the witch doctors should know that you come to Fanero. They should know. They should know. You try, you try, you'll see. You'll come back and say, what this man told us is true. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you can't dwell in the light of God and go out in darkness and something is not provoked to speak. It's not possible. You're afraid of life. You're afraid of everything. You know, you find a Christian saying, oh, oh, I don't want to catch this, I'll die. What do you mean you will die? How do you die? When you carry the promise. When you carry the promise. Stop being, you know, like, what do you call them? You know these uh, insects when we're young, you just do like that. And then they, you know, stamp the ground and they, huh? You know, some of you are like that. When the devil does this, you no, no, no. You have to be the one who stamps. <laughs> and every demon in hell starts what? 
shaking. You should wake up and hell should be like, oh my God, she's awake. Remember Jesus. He comes next to a man who is demon possessed and immediately the demon starts speaking. What do you want with me? What have I done to you? He has not even said anything. But the possessor of life has come. The son of God is in the house. That's my point. Enter nations like that. Somebody shout hallelujah. Enter schools like that. Enter hospitals like that. He has come. Sometimes we enter buildings and demons start manifesting right away. Right away from afar. He's here. He's here. They start screaming before you do anything. Because you're in charge. The guarantee of the fulfillment of the promise is inside you. Everything God has promised you, you carry the guarantee through the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm saying all this to tell you, you have no excuse. You have no excuse. Because everything that is known of God, the Bible says, is manifest in you. So that you are without excuse, even the Godhead. Anything that men should know about God is inside you. Walk tall. Speak big. No, don't be apologetic. You know, some of you don't know the difference between pride and faith. Because sometimes faith looks boastful. And you can never truly walk in faith and not be mistaken to be proud. Never forget this. The Bible says, where is our boasting? Seven, what? Faith. It's by the law of faith. The law of faith will provoke you to boast. Carry some pride that only the Holy Spirit can give even when you're going through the hardest circumstances. Tell yourself I will not fail. I'll come out of this. I have to in the name of Jesus because I carry the guarantee, that seal that tells me this is temporal. It too shall pass. I don't care what is happening in your house. And I'm speaking to a certain woman. This too shall pass. Why? Because you're in that house. You're in that house. That's why I always tell people there are things that cannot happen in Uganda because I'm here. Oh, look at you. Who are you? Who are you? I'm a child of God. He says he will never let his righteous see corruption. There are things I will not see. There are wars we will never see in this land as long as we are here. What does he call himself? A child of God. Yes. Yeah. You enter the company and say, nobody will die here. Why? Because I work here. Oh, look at you. Oh, yes, I mean it. The business will not fail. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, who do you call yourself? Are you an economist? Do you control the economy? No, no, I don't need to control the economy. I carry the parcel of the Holy Spirit. The guarantee. I can't fail. I can't fail. Let's open our mouths and thank God for the word today. Hey, pray like you have the Holy Spirit. Don't pray like you're calling on him to come. It's not kumbaya, Lord. He's here. You are the seed of the promise. <laughs> Woo! 
Hallelujah. You have won the victory. Hallelujah. You have won it all for me. Death could not hold you down. You are the reason, King. Seated in majesty, you are the the Bible says fear has torment some of you you've been living in perpetual fear you worry about everything even before you know what the call is saying you're already scared you're going to hear some bad news I came to ask you by God to turn your spirit to truth and refuse to live a fearful life 
some of you you have the fear of death some of you have the fear of losing your jobs your marriage your children you're living in fear upon fear upon fear upon fear yet perfect love casts out all fear and i'm ministering to somebody right now who has been dealing with fear because fear is a spirit i command that spirit of fear go fear i command you to leave i command you to leave in the name of jesus some of you are living bitter lives because you feel you have lost in life yet you have not yet you cannot lose you shouldn't lose today i came to align your spirit to what is true but above all i want to speak to a certain people who are too crazy to ask for things that the world has never seen before people who say because i have you holy spirit if every child that came out of jacob became a nation then my children are not going to be normal children they're going to be for signs and they're going to be for wonders they're going to be potents if the ground isaac went to every well he dug started to leave then wherever you will be situated in life you shall be advantaged the area you leave you will be above the nation you leave you will be advantaged the people among whom you live you'll always be the first and come first in everything to the glory of god and expansion of his kingdom some of you this is all you needed for god to raise your star among nations and now I speak prophetically that there are people right now as I'm speaking nations have opened to you in such a distinct way. May the anointing start to come upon you right now. Pavolios! Nations are going to call you. Kings are going to come to your rising. Gentiles are going to come to your light. Strangers are going to serve you. There are people here nations are opening to you you're not going to go there as servants and slaves as employees oh holy spirit where are those people where are those people where are those people where are those people thank you holy spirit the times you live in agree with you the media of the world agrees with you this dispensation is aligned to the will of God concerning your life. These days and seasons are yours in the name of Jesus. You are going to be advantaged not only in the field, but without. You're going to be advantaged in the city as well. You're going to be advantaged even in the most disadvantaged places. Some of you, God will trust you in places that never change but because you're there they are going to change because you're there they are going to heal because you're there they are going to advance and advantage they're going to profit some of you God is placing you in organizations that are about to perish but because you've entered that organization it's going to rise again some of you the ministries you are in were dying 
but because you're there and you've received this understanding they will stand in the mighty name of Jesus I'm talking to people who dream so big who see so big who confess so big who declare so big I'm speaking into destinies right now and the days ahead of your life in the name of Jesus you will not fail we will not lose any of you in the name of Jesus I don't care what is in your body death will wait sickness will wait trouble will wait frustrations will wait violence will wait terror will wait accidents will wait they will never touch in the mighty name of Jesus Christ the beasts of the field are going to make peace with you the ground you walk on is going to agree with you the land is going to yield its substance to you its fruit will be mighty on your life everywhere you go you're going to not only add but you're going to multiply because you are a representative of God on the earth and you are sent to occupy until Christ returns by this we are going to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth in whichever fields God has ordained us and anointed us to be witchcraft is far from you struggle is far from you strife is far from you I declare in the mighty name of Jesus if you are crippled you're starting to walk now in any other form physical or otherwise whatever was dead from today is going to start to leave because you carry the power in your mouth he says you shall decree a thing and it shall be established whatever you shall speak the Holy Spirit shall confirm in consonance with truth you're going to live a very powerful life you will not be weak you will not be feeble I don't know who I'm talking to you will not struggle for anything in fact now I believe in my spirit that by this understanding many people at the sound of my voice things are going to pursue you you're not going to pursue them because your one purpose is to seek God and only God may God bring comfort in your house may he bring comfort in the works of your hands I'm not saying that attacks will not come but even when they do or if they do you'll go through them effortlessly in the name of Jesus there's someone here everything that has been coming your way has been coming through struggle it has been coming through pain and much application but today you're entering a world where things are going to start moving easy phone calls are gonna to come to you before you look for them the least expected people in the world are going to pick up their calls and they're going to call you look for you because they're going to see the star you are you're burning and shining so bright that they'll not ignore you he said you shall be the head and not the tail above and not beneath upward and forward you shall go only you will not regress where you're coming from you shall not go back give the lord the mind and the praise come on clap for jesus you seed of the promise clap for jesus no 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 let me give you another five seconds celebrate jesus hey, hey, hey. that devil is in trouble that devil is in trouble. Check somebody and tell them they will hear us.
about us whether they want it or they don't want to they'll say we did big we believed big we shook big we prayed big seek your heal I don't even need to pray for you your heal your heal now let me do one more thing as bad as it is this is the worst news that everything I have spoken in this summer can only be claimed by people who have a relationship with Jesus that's the bad news if you're not born again it's a good sermon, but it cannot do anything for you. And here is the good news. That you can not only make this sermon yours, but the shepherd as well. Jesus Christ. You can take Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior today. And receive him. That you not only have eternal life, which is the most important aspect of the Christian life, but also that you live a fulfilled life on earth before they take you home. So if you're there and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ, repeat these words after me from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice at the cross at Calvary. Today, I make the decision to receive you as Lord and Savior who died for my sins and was raised for my glory. Today, I am submitted to your will, your testimony, and your purpose. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowship at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.